Welcome to Agents of Nothing, an episode-by-episode recap and analysis from the perspectives of a veteran and a new recruit. Now, a quick word from our sponsors. Good morning, Agents of Nothing, and welcome to our Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. We are your commanding officers. I'm Mariah. And I'm Caroline. And today we're going to be talking about Season 3, Episode 11, Bouncing Back. Yeah. So, Mariah, how was your week? It was good. It was just Father's Day, and I got to go and meet Tyler's parents for the first time. Ooh! So it was real fun. That's a He came a with me to, like, visit my dad's grave and visit my family, and then I went with him to visit his family. That's so cute. I love it. How was your week? Well, um, I just got back literally yesterday from um, a trip. David and I went on a trip for his birthday um, to a town called Fredericksburg in Texas. And um, it's a very cute little small town, very German. Um, so that was, we tried some German food. We had this one, <laughs> it was on like the appetizer list, <laughs> this restaurant, and it was called a German snack. And then the, the server brought it out, and it was, like, four gigantic slices of, like, pumpernickel bread with, like, just <laughs> slices of cheese on it. Um, and then, like, a pile of lettuce and tomato and onion, like, as if it were an open-faced sandwich, and then, like, a bowl of sauerkraut, and then the largest sausage I've ever seen. <laughs> like gigantic um and so she set it down and we just like locked eyes and we're like a snack (laughs) (laughs) it was crazy um and I climbed a mountain so that was cool um so yeah it's been been a good week sounds like it that's cool yeah so let's get let's get get cracking all right. <laughs> this episode was written by Monica Wusubreen and directed by Ron Underwood. Nice. Do we meet anyone new? We do, actually. We meet quite a few. Um, so, first of all, we meet Elena. Um, just how bilingual is she? We don't know. <laughs> um, we meet the Shmolif Shprief. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> um, someone called Medusa Eyes. And I do wonder if he got that power because, like, his story is similar to Medusa's or to Medusa's abusers. That wasn't, like, a funny thing. I just am genuinely wondering about it. <laughs> um, and then we also meet Elena's cousin uh, temporarily. I was really rooting for him. Yeah. So sad. All right, let's get into it. So, first thing, oh fuck, foreshadowing. Three months from now, someone in a shield uniform with a cross necklace is going to be bleeding out in a spaceship. Fuck. I remember this mystery driving me fucking bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm I'm so worried about it being Elena. Yeah. 
I can't tell you who it is. I know. I remember. I know who it is, and I can't tell you. (laughs) So this episode opens with a mysterious flash forward to three months in the future, showing an unidentified S.H.I.E.L.D. agent seemingly dead in space. Executive producer Marissa Tancherowin called it the promise of something fairly ominous to come and stated, we will be uncovering things from the mid-season opener all the way to the finale. We will slowly be discovering what that image is. Her fellow showrunner, Jed Whedon, explained that the decision to use the flash-forward device in the episode was made to kick off the second part of this season with a mystery. And boy, did they. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, did they. (laughs) Damn. So... Back to present day, a powered woman with a cross necklace and a hoodie steals a load of weapons from a police caravan. Love that, honestly. <laughs> Good for her. Good for her. Um, Colson and May meet with the president at Rosalind's house. Uh, they haven't even cleaned her blood out of the carpet yet, so I. Why are they meeting here? <laughs> Um, I mean, I know why. Coulson chose it. Still. Um, The president says that the heads of state are becoming aware of inhumans and, quote, Fox News won't shut up about it. (laughs) (laughs) So he's begging for S.H.I.E.L.D.'s help. Coulson says that S.H.I.E.L.D.'s already working on it. Duh. (laughs) Um, In Colombia... Daisy and Joey show their fake badges to get a meeting with, I guess, the chief of police or um, whoever. I don't know what his title was or what his name was, actually. (laughs) Joey mentions that it feels good to get to speak Spanish on this job. It reminds him of home and his family. And then immediately the chief of police interrupts their conversation to say, I speak English if that makes this easier. (laughs) And Daisy's like, it does. Um, I know that they have to have them speak English, but like... That was so jarring <laughs> to what they were just talking about. It was. <laughs> um, so the police chief is very worried about Inhumans, especially now that an Inhuman has stolen the weapons that he was planning to use against the Inhumans themselves. Because why wouldn't they try to steal those? <laughs> um Daisy assures him that there are just as many good in humans as there are bad, and that she and her team are there to help. The president informs Coulson that he thoroughly trusts S.H.I.E.L.D., however, he won't reinstate the organization. Instead, he's going to appoint a new leader for the ATCU, who knows that they have to answer to Coulson. He wants S.H.I.E.L.D. to be his, quote, black ops organization. And Coulson says he certainly prefers black ops to bureaucracy. However, when Coulson brings up Gideon Malik, the president won't budge. He says Malik is too rich and too important for the president to have any kind of leverage over Malik. But he gives Coulson permission to try and take him out if he can. (laughs) I feel like that scene with the president was, like, low-key confusing. Yes. I don't know. It was. Because they were, like... Because the president was like, it's too dangerous. I can't, I can't give you any information about him. I can't tell you that you're allowed to like go after him, but I really want you to. So they're like <laughs> speaking in code the whole time. 
Yeah. I feel I felt like they covered a lot of ground and my brain couldn't keep up. <laughs> like yeah. it was it was a very short conversation, but they covered a lot of ground and I yeah. was like, "What?" For sure. Huh? What just yeah. happened? It was like whiplash. <laughs> Cuz they went from they went from Rosalind to uh Inhumans to the ATCU to Malik in like 30 seconds. <laughs> um, so next, Hunter and Mac are checking out the scene of a crime in Colombia and talking about the public's fear of Inhumans. Hunter admits to being a little jealous of Inhumans and having tried a few fish oil pills just in case. He also outs Morse for trying with him. Morse says it was only because rehab was hard. <laughs> and Mac is disgusted with them. Um, because Mac still Mac still doesn't like aliens all that much. <laughs> yeah. Mac's still a little alien phobic. Yeah. Um, but they all fan out to look for more clues that aren't just scrapes on the concrete. Um, Mac does find more scrapes. Seems like tracks somehow, maybe. And then he sees a pair of boots ahead with with the steel toes on them all scuffed up. Almost <gasps> as if they made the scrapes in the concrete. <laughs> <laughs> the woman wearing the boots then disappears in a gust of wind and reappears with Mac's gun. Then she repeats until she has pushed him into the back of her SUV and shuts the door behind him. Oh no, Mac. <laughs> Mac. He wakes up duct taped to a bathroom sink, seemingly in the home of said fast lady. <laughs> I put, um, this did happen a few times throughout the episode, so I'm going to mm-hmm. say it anyway, but there are subtitles later. But this was like another instance of a character speaking a language besides English and there being no subtitles. And I hate when they do that. Like, I want to know what they're saying. Does it add to the story? Was it improv? Like, Right. I know. I feel like, based on what happened in the rest of the episode, I've... Well, no, because he didn't leave yet. Did, Did the cousin leave at that point? Because I feel like they, she no. was like, that was in the morning. Yeah, that was in the morning. Okay. Then they're probably just fighting over him being there. <laughs> I don't know. Probably. But yeah, that was, that's always frustrating. I, I, I feel like I understand when, like, the character that we know is, like, not supposed to understand what's going on. Yeah. But still. <laughs> I want to know. Yeah. (laughs) Tell me. (laughs) So Daisy confronts Mac, or no, not Mac. Daisy confronts Morse and Hunter saying, how do you lose someone as big as Mac? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Also, don't they all have like trackers on them anyway? Anyway, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Um, I guess not because they're all looking at security footage that doesn't, even show the woman because because she's so fast or because she wasn't in frame. I don't know. A little bit of both. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Simmons and Lincoln are back at the lab watching the footage as well. Simmons says that she'll reconfigure the containment pod for super speed and comments on how inhuman powers are so random. But Lincoln says they're not random. 
they're chosen to fill a, an evolutionary need at the time, quote, to create equilibrium within the species. Simmons is fascinated. And honestly, I swear, Elizabeth has chemistry with everyone that she's on screen with. That, like, she really does. I was like, now y'all kiss. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I was wrong, though. I said that inhuman powers were random, but Lincoln says that they're not. So mm. I retract my statement. You guys, I'm sorry. <laughs> How dare you? Honestly. <laughs> I'm sorry. I forgot a plot point. <laughs> How dare you not remember this one line from one episode <laughs> in the third season of a six season show? <laughs> <laughs> Fake fan. Fake fan. <laughs> um, so Coulson interrupts Fitz's science to ask his opinion on Lincoln. Fitz says he doesn't know him well enough to have an opinion, except that he seems to be helping provide Simmons a distraction from both her trauma recovery and her grief for losing Will. The latter of which Fitz feels immense guilt for. But Coulson stops him just... But Coulson stops him to say that Fitz made the hard choice, but the right choice in the moment. And I wish he would have elaborated to say that Fitz didn't do anything to Will. <laughs> Will was already dead, um, and yeah. his corpse was being puppeted around by this creature. Fitz did Will a kindness by burning it out of his body. Yeah, Fitz, baby, that wasn't... Like, none of that was your fault. Literally. I, I guess Simmons does say it later, but every time that like someone comforts someone else <laughs> on TV or in movies about like something that was not their fault and they don't say it wasn't your fault, yeah, it gets me so heated. <laughs> <laughs> because like just being like, you did the right thing, that doesn't help yeah. his guilt. <laughs> He didn't do anything. <laughs> anyway, then Coulson opens a secret door with a secret pin pad in a secret brick in the wall and tells Fitz to get the Tahiti machine up and running because they need to get information about Gideon Malik out of someone's head. Oh, no. <laughs> Does Lincoln have information about Gideon? What? <laughs> <laughs> that was so that was such a confusing way to do that <laughs> yeah. I I still don't know why he needed to ask about Lincoln <laughs> I don't know either that's a good point <laughs> anyway the fast lady sends her partner on his way to continue their mission while she quote deals with the complication in the bathroom also, is that their only bathroom? Like, that must have really sucked overnight. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I said, oh, I lied. There are subtitles. Yeah. We love subtitles. <laughs> yeah. I do love subtitles. I want to know what's going on. Yeah. I, like, I have subtitles on all the time anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so... Anyway, so she opens the bathroom door where Mac has undone his tape and kicks her across the room. He tries to walk out the door, but she shuts it before he can get through. And then he realizes that she may be fast, but she shoots back to the same spot that she was in to start with. Slingshot. I don't know, I don't know where that name came from, but then I ended up calling her Slingshot for a while. 
so Slingshot is this character's um, superhero name in the comics. It is? Okay. Yes. I mentioned that last episode, and so it, it was in your head for a reason. Okay, okay. Good. <laughs> in this show, I think we only ever call her Yo-Yo. Yeah. But, yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, I'm glad I that came from somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um. And then we find out that Coulson wanted to put Strucker fucker in the machine to get information about Malik. Simmons is concerned about if this is even possible, considering all of the brain damage that Von Strucker currently has. No one, however, mentions the ethical ramifications of putting someone unable to consent into a machine that will only further his brain damage. But we'll just move right along. This is one of the most fucked up things that Coulson has ever done. Truly. <laughs> As I say, we'll move right along. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Malik and Guerra are talking about the inhuman reporting in, about the inhuman spotting in Colombia, and Malik says that they should go after her since Dr. Garner severely depleted their supply of inhumans for the creature. Guerra asks if it really even is all that impressive, considering currently he can barely stand up. But Malik defends it, saying you would feel pretty weak if you had also spent a millennia on another planet, only eating once a decade when a sacrifice was sent through a portal. But then they're interrupted because it is asking for Malik himself. It's really confusing writing, <laughs> writing about <laughs> the creature. It really is. Um, have they said his name yet? No. Okay. Then I'll keep calling it it. <laughs> um, Malik finds it curled up in a fetal position on a couch and asks what he needs. It looks up with Ward's face all gaunt and sunken in and says, I'm hungry. Gross. <laughs> Hated that. Mac is now tied up in the living room with Slingshot. They, um, they are both trying to communicate with each other as best as they can with Mac's limited Spanish, and he calls her a criminal for stealing guns from the police. She said she would never commit a sin like that because her powers came from God. <laughs> she did, <laughs> but uh, it was like, it was fine. <laughs> yeah. I agree with her. She had yeah. good intentions. <laughs> Um, Mac tells her that actually her powers came from fish and she realizes that she was eating fish for dinner when it happened, which Mac tells her is called pterogenesis. He says that she's an alien, just like his partner. And then I also had a thought, um, that if he and Daisy are partners, because Daisy mentions that, um, back at the, at the portal, why was she yeah. with Joey while he was with Morrison Hunter? Like... <laughs> I, what qualifies them as partners? I I I thought that I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. They never That's seem to question. really work together anymore. Yeah. Anyway, 
And then Daisy shakes open the door and puts a force field across it so that Slingshot is knocked back onto the floor when she tries to get at them. Hunter takes a misogynistic look at (laughs) Slingshot (laughs) and then Mac, implying that she shouldn't have been able to overpower him because Mac is a large man and she's just a tiny woman. I roll. So... In February 2016, Natalia Cordova Buckley was revealed to be portraying Elena Yoyo Rodriguez based on the character from the Secret Warriors comic. Cordova Buckley said that she had auditioned for a character called Adriana Molina, only learning she was actually playing Rodriguez shortly before filming the episode. Learning this, she called it a dream come true to portray a Latina superhero. Aw, love that. So, yeah, so this is the first appearance of the character Yoyo Rodriguez from the Marvel comics, also known as Slingshot. Uh, in this live-action rendition, her first name is given as Elena, and the Yoyo part is just one of Mac's many nicknames he seems to like giving the Inhumans. <laughs> I do love that Mac is like, I'm just going to give everybody their superhero name. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, though. So Fitz and Simmons are almost done setting up Von Strucker to go through the Tahiti machine while Lincoln is asking questions about the safety slash morality of this thing. Thank you, Lincoln. (laughs) Thank you. Coulson comes in and asks if Lincoln has a problem with it because Coulson does. (laughs) (laughs) Coulson knows firsthand how torturous this thing is. In fact, he's been through it twice, but they have to get to Malik and this is the only foothold they have. So so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it starts, and Strucker just keeps saying, just kill me, louder and louder, as he has flashbacks to being beaten within an inch of his life by Ward's old goon. Lincoln is totally right to be apprehensive. Like, Absolutely. again, this is so fucked up. Truly. <laughs> God. Like, we don't even like him, but what are you doing? Yeah, no. Like, ah! Also, he was he's, like, he's young. He's, like, how old was he supposed to be? I don't know. Probably, like, 21 or something. Like, young enough that he could have learned <laughs> from his yeah. mistakes. Anyway, so Daisy and her team have Slingshot in the containment pod and are going through her stuff to find her motive to steal the weapons. Again, the weapon's sole purpose was for police to kill Inhumans, so it makes perfect sense to me that any Inhuman would want to take them. Like, I don't, I don't need a further motive. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but all they find out is that she's a museum worker and an artist, which is so cool. It is. Um, After Elena's capture, Hunter is flipping through a book among her belongings. Futurism by Giovanni Lista is about the avant-garde art movement that is as much about redefining humanity in the face of emerging technology and circumstances as it is about art. Ooh. That's a... mm, That's a good little Easter egg. I love that. Yeah. Love that. Good job, prop department. (laughs) Good job. 
Um, so then she wakes up and starts beating on the walls of the pod. That shot was so fucking cool. It was uh, so cool. All oh my god, I loved that. I could have I could have watched that for so long. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Joey steps up to try and talk to her. Max sits back and enjoys watching his captor turned captive. <laughs> um, Guerra watches it eating his buffet table of different raw meats, um, and he asks if it's trying to regain its strength. It finally looks at him and explains that because it was in a dead body, it was dying too. Then it looks back at the TV, which is showing seemingly Nazi soldiers marching. What show was that? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> um, and it says that humans have advanced since it knew them, but they haven't changed. Now, okay, if he's looking at Nazi soldiers marching, that was also, like, what, 80 years ago? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, now that... Not that we've gotten a lot better, but we've had a little time. <laughs> then it looks at Giera and says that he's not human anymore. It says that it knows Giera doesn't believe that it is what they say, but once it gets its strength back, he will. Very menacing. Very difficult to write. <laughs> so many pronouns. Um... <laughs> So, just gonna move along. <laughs> in the Tahiti machine, Von Strucker is still stuck in his trauma memory. So they have Lincoln give him basically electroshock therapy um, to stimulate other parts of his brain and shock him out of his loop. Lincoln reluctantly agrees, and it works. Strucker finally begins to talk about how he found Malik. And basically, he used his dad's connection uh, because he's just a Nepo baby who didn't know where to go after his dad died. But now, Colson knows how to get in. So I guess it all works out. <laughs> Joey is finally getting Slingshot to talk, while Daisy and Mac have an auto-translator app to listen in and help direct Joey in the conversation. Because they need subtitles, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Slingshot says that she received her powers from God so that she could finally rise up and help protect her community. She says in Colombia, they call police thieves in uniform. That's what they're called here, too. Oh, hey. <laughs> um, and she wasn't trying to use the weapons that they stole. They were stealing them so that no one else could use them. And she is proven right when Hunter and Morris track down her accomplice, who is literally throwing all of the guns in the river. Fucking badass. I just love Yo-Yo so much. Like, amazing. I, she's incredible. Um, <clears throat> so, as Hunter and Morris are... Uh, or as Morris is talking with Daisy about what the next step is, the police show up on the bridge. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Hunter continues holding Slingshot's accomplice under arrest while Morris goes to talk to the cops. But instead of talking, one of the cops lifts up his shades and I don't even know what he did. <laughs> I had no idea how to describe it. Um, but they're blue and frozen 
Um, <laughs> and then the cops shoot uh, the the guy. <laughs> the, it, I that scene was so confusing. <laughs> I was just like in shock and like, what's happening? <laughs> Um, so then we find out that the guy throwing the guns into the river was Slingshot, a.k.a. Elena's cousin. And while Morse and Hunter were gone by the time S.H.I.E.L.D. got there to pick them up, the cops left his body there on the bridge. Fucking typical. Um, so Mac and Joey discuss what kind of power would cause him to be so frozen, um, way before rigor mortis would have been able to set in. So Mac goes over to let Elena out of the pod so she can see her cousin's body for herself. That was so, like, I don't know, it was hard to watch. Yeah. For sure. I thought it was a very, um, him letting her out of the pod was such a like olive branch. Um, yeah. Like we, like we we know that you were right. Like we and we are acknowledging that and like want to show you that we we trust you. Um, but man, that sucked. Yeah. Um. So, Morse and Hunter are still mostly frozen on the floor of an office, and the powers are starting to wear off very painfully, <laughs> um, when suddenly t- the two cops burst in the door. Uh, they re-up on Hunter's uh, brain freeze, <laughs> or whatever, um, and then begin to interrogate Morse on why she's really there. And I mean, if she wanted to be an asshole about it, She's right there because they brought her there. <laughs> but <laughs> whatever. Um so Hunter calls Lucio Medusa, who is the Greek mythology monster who turns her enemies into stone, and also the Marvel character's comicer who's an inhuman. Oh. Okay. Wait, okay, so in the comics is first of all is Medusa I guess it doesn't matter um the Marvel character Medusa are they more similar to Medusa or Medusa's abusers I I don't know damn it (laughs) (laughs) I haven't I haven't read that one okay okay well we'll get to it (laughs) (laughs) Maybe maybe one day we'll uh we'll start reading the comics. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Um so Mac, Daisy, and Joey come back to talk to Elena after she's had a moment with her cousin. With Joey translating, Mac and Elena relate to each other on their faith and their belief that they can do good with what they're given. Elena agrees to work with Shield and we learn that her power is connected to her pulse. So she's limited to how far she can go in one heartbeat. And I, I loved that they have her speaking exclusively in Spanish. 
They yeah. changed that later, but <laughs> for this moment, like that just must have been so exciting for all the Spanish speaking Marvel fans. Yeah. Um so then they get their plan started. And uh, hot damn, that's a long way for her to go in one heartbeat. <laughs> she got a slow heartbeat. <laughs> She went down the block and across the street to steal the cop's badge so that they can get in the building. Then Matt goes over the plan in English. <laughs> and Elena just understands perfectly. I don't know if that was a plot hole or like a special new translator earpiece, newfangled tech device doohickey. I don't know. <laughs> um... But the four of them make their way calmly through the police headquarters, and Daisy tells Joey to take care of the stockpile of weapons. Fuck, yes! I love a good ACAB episode. <laughs> yes. Um, so Morse is just beginning to let the cops know that she's part of a secret task force to take on an alien invasion, including Medusa Eyes. They don't believe her at first, but then the walls start shaking from Daisy throwing people around. <laughs> Honestly, every time, every time that the walls start shaking and like, and it's Daisy, I love it. <laughs> um, Elena manages to cuff most of the other cops in one room and Matt gets to Morrison Hunter's interrogation room, knocks out the police chief, then warns the others about Medusa eyes. Elena manages to cuff him, but then accidentally makes eye contact and is thrown back against the wall of Frozen. No. Joey, Joey melts the guy's glasses around his eyes so he can't take them off. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> so fucking cool. <laughs> um, and then Daisy throws him back into the other wall. Yay, heroes! We did Yay. it! <laughs> Man. That scene... That honestly was like the perfect amount of action for a scene for me. That was excellent. It moved quick. We didn't waste time. Got it done. Love it. <laughs> for sure. Um, so Coulson has made it to the secret Hydra phone booth and uses the password to get back uh, to get through the security card. Malik is shocked when he thinks that uh, von Strucker's son is the one calling him, but then relax, but then relaxes when Coulson reveals himself. Coulson is confident that this one phone call will make things very difficult for Ma Malik because May is tracing the call to everywhere it connects, which is hundreds of offices around the world. Malik shrugs it off and says that his influence is his. Ugh. Oh my God. Malik shrugs it off and says that his influence reaches a little farther than the mild annoyance that a few million that a few million dollars and some shutdown offices cause. And then he hangs up. That was also very confusing. Yes. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I was like, what what's the connection between tracing the call and then him it that being bad for him somehow? Yeah. Like I don't know. I still don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> if someone, if, if we just didn't pay close enough attention and someone knows the answer or even just has a theory. Please tell us. <laughs> please tell us. We don't know. 
<laughs> Email us at agentsofnothingpodcast at gmail.com. Yes, please. <laughs> or or just if you want to say hi. That's fine, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so as the S.H.I.E.L.D. team is leaving the police headquarters with Medusa eyes in tow, Hydra's weird helicopter arrives and then fucking cuts a hole in the roof and then just, like, takes Medusa with them in the sky. <laughs> what? <laughs> that <laughs> it like happened so fast, and I was like, "No, <laughs> we just got him. <laughs> his his glasses are welded to his face. What do you mean?" <laughs> um. Joey tries to convince Elena to stay with them, but she's adamant that she stay in Colombia. She has her family, her whole life here. Plus, she needs to bring her cousin's body back to their family. So Daisy comes up with a solution. They give Elena a shield watch so that if they ever need her or if she needs backup herself, they all have a safe way to communicate. Mac explains this to her, to her in English again, of course, <laughs> as they say their goodbyes. And Elena apologizes for kidnapping him. And they all smile at their little inside joke. <laughs> and then Matt calls her Yo-Yo and watches her walk away. I, he likes her. I feel like he likes her. Mm. I do too. <laughs> um, then Daisy offers Joey the chance to go home too so that he can be around his family again. Which is very sweet of her. Yeah. Amazing. Um, so Simmons finds Fitz alone in the lab and can't stop herself from talking about the distance between them lately and how much she misses him. She finally tells him that he didn't do anything wrong in what happened to Will. Thank you. Um, <laughs> that Will was long dead and Fitz did not kill him. But he says things are much more interesting here. And then they kiss. Wait, what? <laughs> no, they didn't. What the fuck? Oh, no. What okay. happened? I think... Because <laughs> like, then, like, the next scene is, is Daisy and Lincoln, I believe. Oh, is it? I th I was confused. I was like, I guess I missed something. <laughs> yeah, and I think... Sometimes, because my computer is kind of cheap, um, sometimes while I'm typing, my cursor will just, like, jump around and delete things. <laughs> um, and I guess I didn't notice. Anyway, um, so <laughs> Fitzsimmons do not kiss, but they agree to uh, basically start over. Um Man, and Simmons had such a good line that I wrote down. <laughs> oh. Uh, two people, endlessly inquisitive, about to embark on a relationship that will, that will change, change both their... of their lives. Yeah. Such a good line. <laughs> yeah. Um, so sweet. Love them. I love that they are... I love that they're getting back to basics, but also I wanted them to kiss. <laughs> yeah. That's what I thought, honestly. It was just wish wish fulfillment. Yeah. 
anyway. But that was such um, a good scene. Yeah. I loved that Fitzsimmons scene. Um, and then, and then Lincoln goes to see Daisy. Y'all, I'm doing this off my memory now. So, um, <laughs> Lincoln goes to see Daisy and, uh, mentions the deal that she gave to Joey. And she says, well, you can, if you want to go home too, you're not a wanted man anymore. I, we can do the same thing for you. And then he said, things are much more interesting here. And then they kiss. And I was very happy that someone kissed. <laughs> <laughs> um, and okay. I, I'm pretty sure from the very first time that we met Lincoln, I was like, they're going to meet together. And I loved it. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you remember when Daphne was a guest on here, but Lincoln was her favorite ship. Oh, uh, okay. Well, Daph, I don't, I don't, I'm pretty sure she doesn't listen. No, <laughs> <laughs> Megan would never let her listen. <laughs> We're on the same page, Daphne. <laughs> you let her know then. That that's my fave too. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so hopefully I didn't accidentally delete any more <laughs> of the episode. <laughs> um, but Colson and May are having a drink in his office. She mentions she mentions that he's beginning to trust the rest of the team to do their jobs, and he agrees that delegating feels good. Um. Fitz also made him a new prosthetic hand that looks much more realistic. I mean, it's almost like it's just Clark's hand. Wow. Wow. You crazy. <laughs> um, but Colson feels different. He's not like he used to be. May says that some things you just can't come back from. Some things permanently scar you, and you just have to live with this new version of yourself. Felt. Yeah. Um... So then Coulson starts to talk about Mavith and how he doesn't really know what happened. And May says, he joined the cavalry. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love that, like, that all of, everything that they've been through has just brought them closer. Yeah. And then just then, the news starts to play, and the top story is how Malik's company has lost millions and closed ten offices. May says, sometimes you're wounded, sometimes you wound. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> um, Coulson wonders why Malik is still collecting in humans, though, and theorizes that maybe he's trying to reach equilibrium within the species since S.H.I.E.L.D. has so many heroes on their side. They, I feel like they don't have that many Inhumans on their side. I guess they they probably I mean, they have more than like we've seen on, yeah. <laughs> on screen. I guess. Um. <clears throat> anyway, so Malik and Giera discuss the events of the day and how them getting Medusa eyes was the one good thing. It looks back at Malik and says that he still doesn't believe. So it stands up slowly. I I totally thought he was going to be naked for a second, and I was so scared. 
and then it says, you'll believe when he believes, pointing at Guerra. And then, like, consumes Guerra? Fucking gross. Hated that. <laughs> Hive? Oh. I said the name. It's okay. I'm pretty sure they said it in the um, subtitles, but they haven't oh, okay. actually told me, so. Okay. <laughs> well, Hive is terrifying, and I'm so excited to see more of him. So, he's gross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hate him. <laughs> um, anyway, so... Now it's time for the post-content content. Oh my god! Talbot is the new head of the ATCU. I'm dead. I love this so We much. get more Talbot! <laughs> oh my god. Literally, like, the moment. <laughs> the, the, like, man, that was such a good, that was such a good after-credits scene. <laughs> I was like, no fucking way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. This was such a solid episode. Like, it like was. so many things. So many fun things. First of all, ACAB. Love that. <laughs> yes. Um, the Fitzsimmons friendship moment Lincoln and Daisy kiss May and Coulson friendship moment and Talbot's back it's got everything it's got everything <laughs> what did you think overall um I really really liked it I found that like lately it's been hard for me to take notes but this one like it had a lot of things for me to talk about yeah for sure and like I said, I really liked the action in this scene, which is rare for me. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like it was really well done. Nothing, like, went on too long. Um, even though the, we were very confused by things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, like, a good pace for the episode. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, that concludes our episode on Season 3, Episode 11, Bouncing Back. Woohoo! Next week, we'll be covering Season 3, Episode 12, The Inside Man. So stay tuned for that. Okay, bye! Bye! Love you! Bye.